All right, folks, welcome back to another episode of The Creature Compendium. Everybody, uh, welcome to another episode of the Creature Compendium. All right, let's get into it. What we're trying to do today is explore certain creatures of fiction that we find fascinating and sort of see how they reflect our society, our culture, and all that stuff. Uh, I'd like to introduce my co-hosts. I today, my name is Gio. Please introduce yourself, guys. Uh, I'm Hawkins, and I am Anthony. Anthony, it's true. Those are all our names. That's good. We know our names. All right. <laughs> so sometimes I forget. If you guys read the episode title, which you probably have done because you clicked on this. I'd say it's unavoidable. Yeah, yeah. it's kind of unavoidable. Uh, today we're going to talk about the monster in Frankenstein. And uh, I'd like to sort of, before we get into that, I want to have each of us introduce sort of our knowledge base of this thing. And uh, just kind of so that we can just start off the conversation. I, in this case, did a little bit more research. I watched um, some of the classic Universal films. Uh, particularly the original one and *Brighter Frankenstein*, and I, I reread the book for this uh, this outing. Uh, yeah, so I am vaguely familiar with a lot of Frankenstein stuff, um, as you kind of just are in general for being a person mm-hmm. in American pop culture. Uh, but I've also done a little bit uh, more exploration recently, watching the show *Penny Dreadful*. I've completed the first season at this point, and then just doing some general inter- internet research to catch up on a little bit of other things as well. Sweet, yeah, and I'm going to be the person who knows the least going into this. I know that I read the book in seventh grade for class. Uh, Miss Jacobson. Yep, Miss Jacobson. If you're listening, really good English class. But unfortunately, I don't remember the book, and I think that's more attributed to the fact that I was just in seventh grade. Seventh grade is not a strong time. No, not a good time for, like, memory sticking real well. Or actually reading the book you're supposed to read. Yeah. Uh, You you just read the spark notes or something. (laughs) Uh, that's very possible. I don't even remember like if I finished the book or like how much of it I yeah. read. Um, so I read it at some point. Don't remember it uh, as m- the most information I have is just uh, kind of what Hawk was saying. It's just things we know from right. existing now and Frankenstein being sure. an influencer mm-hmm. in in pop culture, <laughs> an and science influencer fiction. like on Instagram. Exactly, Frankenstein's monster was the original influencer, probably. Yeah, yeah I mean that's follow, not, like, yeah. and subscribe. Yeah. yeah, at oh god, what's his handle at? Big Boy Monster 420XX. Well, it, it, oh, and he's pretty dramatic. He's basically emo. It's like, at XXX, the, the death of all darkness, my life is immutable sadness. Wow. Sounds like he'd get along real well with like Edgar Allan Poe or... Edgar Allan Poe? Because he's on Instagram. He's a, he's, a, he's an influencer. He's a thought. Maybe that's his like Finsta. Yeah. Like his side. Okay. Anyways. So uh, <laughs> I know the least. <laughs> um, I know the least about Frankenstein. I... Uh, no, I read the book at some point. Don't remember it. Mm-hmm. I I really can't honestly say if I remember seeing the movies. Um, but but being a person who has seen anything, you are at least f- familiar with it. If you watch any like classic movie, like a uh, classic movie, uh, like retrospective, there's gonna be a scene of Frankenstein in it. You know yeah it's alive it's alive right yeah there's like snippets that i'm aware of mm-hmm. and i'm not even sure what movie it's coming from but that's good it, yeah like bits and pieces that i'm aware are attributed to frankenstein and like his sort of media uh 
presence. Yeah, okay, cool. That, that's kind of where I want to take this uh, the episode today in that direction, basically kind of exploring what the gap is between what the popular knowledge is of the creature and just because this this story is so influential, this this uh, creature and the the and Frankenstein himself have such a huge impact on science fiction and, and, and storytelling that I want to kind of, you know, just explore that a little bit. And maybe if you can give me your impression of, since this is a creature companion podcast and I want to anchor this to the monster so that we don't get <laughs> off base a little bit. Sure, sure. I'd like to ask you if you can, like, describe your impression of it, both physical and just if you have a character sense of what the creature is. Yeah. Okay, so at least the way I think... Well, let's get this out of the way first. It We're going to refer to... It is Frankenstein's monster because I know that's like the one piece of knowledge everyone knows. It's like, oh well, it, his well, name isn't Frankenstein. It's, it's colloquially, there's actually like back like some people like just call it, like we're kind of accepting that people like when they say Frankenstein, they usually mean the monster. Okay, sure. But we're gonna specify, especially in this case, the correct thing is like in in the books, uh, he and the original movies, they kind of just call it the monster, okay. demon, you know, fiend, it, you know, they just kind of title it just no. don't call it frankenstein yeah is i think the bottom line <laughs> right right like a for as little as i know i know we're that gonna get frankenstein yeah. the scientist yeah. yeah um okay cool so at least like his physical appearance mm-hmm. i think a lot of my knowledge comes from the movies so when i think of frankenstein very iconic look yeah i think of like the green and like the pale patchwork skin i think of uh, like a really tall figure like a very strong mm-hmm. imposing figure um like the bolts in his temples yeah, yeah. the bolts but Bo- like bolts are they in the neck or the temples oh i don't know uh they're, they're, they're kind of in the neck all right well, okay i said temples, so apparently like <laughs> you can uh, remember it in different ways sure and honestly there's probably a take of it where that's a thing as yeah. well um but yeah like the large large forehead that kind of like yeah. motley patch yeah. of hair on the, the top f- the forehead for whatever reason really sticks out to me yeah, something yeah. i remember about his face yeah um yeah and just sort of being like a slow moving lumbering hulking, monster, yeah, like yeah. kind of groaning like like almost very zombie-esque yeah um which i'm sure that that's part of like the inspiration of zombie like probably the romero zombies just like lumbering brainless monsters right but um so that that's that's what I think of mm-hmm. when I like try and picture Frankenstein. Like that's where my brain goes. Yeah. As far as the story, like what what the monster's arc is. Mm-hmm. Um, okay, I know he's created by mm-hmm. by Doctor Frankenstein. Um, and in, he, in the book, his name is Victor, but in the movies, his name is Henry. It's kind of weird. In the Universal movies. Yeah. yeah okay. Sorry. In, in the Universal films. Okay. Gotcha. Because there's a lot of different. Movies. There's a lot of them, and we can kind of get, get into that a little bit. Um. Yeah. So. Uh, I know he's brought to life, and that's kind of where it starts to get really shaky mm-hmm. in in what I know. Yeah, because um, that, that's basically where the difference uh, differences start between different iterations. Okay, gotcha. I I know there's something about like like a slight love romance mm-hmm. angle to it. I, I know one of the movies is called like The Bride of Frankenstein. I think so. When I think about it, it's it's almost like this monster who's kind of after some sort of companionship there's like a loneliness like an inherent loneliness to his character at least in in what i know from like pop culture and things like that Um, i'm impressed that you remember something like that because like prior to like doing extra research mm -hmm. for this episode i didn't have any recollection of there being anything romantic tied to frankenstein it was just like he's a monster who tries to kill frankenstein probably he's down yeah and like i 
I honestly don't really know. Like, I don't remember seeing The Bride of Frankenstein, but mm-hmm. I think just through, like, cultural osmosis, I think yes. that has been a thing that sucked. I sure. could be wildly wrong yeah. as well. Okay. Uh, well, you're, uh, you're not too far off. Uh, this is a story that's, I mean, at this point, 200 years old. So uh, I, gu- I guess I can br- briefly talk about the creator. I don't want to get too much into it. But uh, Mary Wollstonecraft Shelley is a, a she wrote this basically when she was 18, which is kind of amazing. And in uh, yeah. 1818, I believe, is when it was first published uh, anonymously. But the second edition, she oh wait, she published so that means that this thing is like straight up 200 years yes, old. Correct. Like now 201 yeah, yeah. years old. Yeah. Holy shit. You okay. can do math. I, yeah, that's I can do good. math in my head brain. Wow, that's whoa. Wait, she was 18 when she wrote this. She, she was 18 when she wrote, but she didn't. She didn't like. Uh, she it wasn't under her name until like this, like 1823. And but she, but she was, was anonymous. Young. Yeah, yeah, anonymous. Okay, published anonymously. Fuck, that's wild. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Continue. And, and uh, so basically, the the story of this is basically um, this is like a challenge that was issued upon her, her and some very very famous influential people of the time. I don't want to get into it. Uh, everything we'll do will be the service. If you're interested in this, please look into it yourself. We just can't, we don't have the time to get into that. But uh, she, her her future husband and a famous person named Lord Byron had a little summer. They were summering in Switzerland, which is where the story takes place. Uh, they basically had a little kid thing where they were like, we'll all write a ghost story. Like, you know, We'll, we'll, yeah. we'll, share we'll tales scare each other. Yeah, exactly. This is like a summer bet. Like, who can write the scariest ghost story? Yeah, it's like imagine if you and your your buddies write write a stupid ghost story and it ends up being like the most important gothic novel <laughs> in history. And everybody okay. and everybody's like, every like your stupid like ghost monster ends up being like the the blueprint for like the original Frankenstein yeah. is born out of this challenge. Yeah, yeah, yeah. fuck yeah. And okay. that's the original that's, Frankenstein's monster. Yeah, dude. Oh, okay, all right, all right. Come on, bro. I am gonna keep track of how many times we screw up the name excellent no cool. that's good i, I want to we'll keep a running tally yeah okay so, so they so do this challenge they do this challenge and she kind of from that time period does a little story that's about almost like uh the turmoil that's happening in europe uh this is like right after napoleon like right after so that was a big part of like he's that little boy on the horse he's some dude and and there's a big there's a big yeah he's just some dude <laughs> it's, it's a big like reaction to the enlightenment principles and that's a big part of the story and so uh, we can get into it proper now, that out of the way. I hate you for saying get into it proper. That's amazing. I, I ne- like whenever I hear people say like something proper, like they use proper in that manner, I, I like I get mad. Because hey, let's I get never, into it. All right. Yeah, let's get into it. N- n- not proper because apparently he doesn't like that. It's not so, colloquial enough. So if this was happening like Napoleonic type stuff mm-hmm. or post, um, at what point do they all start singing show tunes from Les Mis? Oh well, that, does Russell Crowe ever play the monster? <laughs> I a, and how good is Russell Crowe singing in it? Russell Crowe's Australian, right? I don't know, but he yes, was, yes, that's yeah. accurate. But he was in Les Mis, and like yeah, yeah. he's sidelined by all of these really, really talented singers, and it's just him so trying, proud. trying so, so hard. Is he? Is he trying? Uh, he's doing something with his face. He's, he's a doing gladiator. some noise. Yeah, he's Gladiator Boy. Yeah. All right. Um, Oh my god, I'm so scared like if Russell Crowe ever comes after me, I would not want the gladiator to come after me. He seems like a nice guy. I don't know. He, he seems like he could definitely beat us up. Well, I mean, I mean he could, j- just because I he could beat us, it doesn't mean he'll do it. Wait, wasn't he on Ellen and like he's the guy that just wasn't phased by like the scare tactic she always does to like her guests? I, I know there's a clip. She scares people? I've never watched Ellen. <laughs> no, it's just on the YouTubes. I don't watch the YouTubes. <laughs> what the fuck is a YouTube? <laughs> I'm not You're part right. of this. What You're the right. heck is We're in the middle of 1818. 
Okay, yeah, so we are in 1818, <laughs> and uh, I, I remember your little description of the monster. He's green, he's patchwork, and some of that is in, this, in the actual description of him in the book. Uh, so do you want to start with, like, um, the creation of the yes, monster? Yes, the creation like, of the monster. Like, they're putting him together, essentially? He, he basically gets corpses together and uh, starts to... There, there isn't any actually in-depth explanation in the book. In the movie, in the Universal film, uh, there, it starts off with him like robbing a grave, and it's actually kind of funny because it's it's a little bit cheesy. Right, uh-huh. it, it's campy, but I think part of that is intentional, and I, I'll explain that in a little bit. But uh, there, there's a funny scene where uh, the uh, Victor's uh, the like assistant mm. little hunchback guy igor igor but in, th- in this one his name is like fritz is that where is igor comes yes, from? yes i was gonna ask about where yeah, igor yeah. comes from i was gonna say so so the the igor creature basically uh-huh. started in the universals the universal 1931 frankenstein like this okay. little like lackey henchman type <laughs> of dude yeah yeah and then Frank- oh, and then the monster shit. the monster kills him. well hold on okay oh, well you referred to igor as a creature yeah igor is not like a creation of frankenstein right no no okay he, he's he, just a person that's yeah you, you don't you don't really understand like his backstory, I think I, I think the uh, the the Landis um, McAvoy uh, oh, Daniel yeah, Radcliffe the, yeah it's basically that their like friendship I think so I think that's right yeah oh god um, okay yeah. <laughs> but the creation of uh, Frankenstein's monster yeah and it, it involves him <laughs> this is pretty funny he like breaks into a university and then there's like this like over the top like this like scientist who ends up is he's like he's like Victor's or Henry's uh, Frankenstein's mentor professor and he's right. like so here we have two brains a normal brain and then like it, it like zooms in it says like normal brain on the glass <laughs> hell yeah and then it says this is a criminal brain <laughs> <laughs> this is a brain of a monster a criminal and and so the 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 uh the igor character of course you take the criminal brain the frit in this name his name's fritz but we'll call him igor just because it's you know sure that's how we know him right he he grabs the <laughs> he grabs a regular brain that that's labeled normal brain uh-huh. and he's like walking away with it and like he drops it because like some fucking noise happens he's like oh no the the regular brain <laughs> and so he grabs the criminal brain so it's like oh it's so God. over the top and obvious right. it's like like five minutes of straight like okay we get the point you got the wrong brain <laughs> it's like this is the this is the normal brain notice the abnormal brain has weird tumors and shit and then so he takes the criminal brain and that's that's why the monster in 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 the movies is evil basically because they grab that's the wrong the, brain that's the worst like in universe yeah. description like origin of yeah. why this goes south yeah so yeah. basically like it could have been just like he had the wrong brain right that, that's like such a it's like it's not a that it's 30s. not that he's evil it's that they picked the wrong brain it's like, well it's a switcheroo yeah. that's why but that's yeah. also interesting i think that there's so little focus on it in the books and then for the movie yes. they feel like this need to explain it away and then they decide to explain it away in, in a, a ridiculous, in a, a ridiculous way. over-the-top way where he drops the the good brain <laughs> and obviously he doesn't tell his boss that he screwed up he's like oh i actually bought the i got the wrong brain from the store i got the <laughs> criminal brain oh it's fine it's, oh, we'll, use it's, we'll use that but, okay. but he doesn't know and he accidentally makes a monster and right you know, uh, we're going back to the book here. Or still on the universal, the, the film? universal film. Mm-hmm. Okay, contrast that with the 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 book where it's deliberately not explained because the reason being is that uh, the, the the book that we're reading is a, is a f- frame story. What w- what we get is uh, we, w- the way we're reading this is this is like letters from a, from a character named Robert. Uh, 
uh, Robert, no Robert Kraft. That's the guy from. Uh, I'll, I'll find it for you. Yeah. So, so, so uh, uh, like uh, the structure of the book, it's it's not like a single like either third person or first person narrative. It's like a collection of writings yes, from it's, particular. Yes, I think the word is epistolary. Epistolary. And it, yeah, and it's Robert Walton. Captain Robert, Robert Walton. Walton. Yeah. What word did you say? Epi, epi, Ep, epistolary. All right, I'm gonna trust you on that because that's just way too big a word. Someone could Google it. Somebody could Google it. I could be totally off, but I'll I think I, I know what it looks like. It's, it's one of those words that you read, but you've never heard anybody say. Sure. So, like the first time you say it out loud, you're like, "Is this right? Yeah, is this the right word? Am I doing a good yeah, English? I don't, I don't speak nerd. <laughs> <laughs> so, so, so it's it's relayed from this character, Robert Wal- Walton. Yeah. And and then and he he explains. Basically, he meets Frankenstein towards the end of the story. He's chasing something. It ends up, uh, we find out it's the monster. Frankenstein is chasing the monster, Frankenstein, no. Walton meets Frankenstein. Frankenstein the monster or Frankenstein the doctor? No, no, no. Gio's going to get the creatures right. Okay, all right. He he finds Frankenstein, Uh who is chasing the monster in the Arctic. Arctic. Oh, of course. Yeah. And so, he relays that story, and at this point, Frankenstein is already at the end of it. He knows the consequences of his actions. So he's mm. not he's consciously not relaying the creation of of his creature. Gotcha. I I have a question. Mm-hmm. So uh we were on it for a little bit, but so then what does the monster look like in the original book? Yeah, I think we start I think the whole point of this is to get <laughs> yeah. But but I was going to contrast the way you described it to to the book where he is he he is like a pallid color, but he says his yellow skin scarcely covered the work of muscles and artery beneath. Ew. So it's like a a dingy color that that you can see like the it's fucking, like translucent yeah it's translucent and you can see his like m- you know his inner organs moving which Ew. is frightening that's really scary right. actually that fits the ghost story theme exactly yeah, and, yeah, and, yeah. and and, and w- interesting in 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 what mary uh, shelley writes about it she contrasts like uh he, his hair was of a lustrous black and flowing his teeth of pearly whiteness so she like contrasts this vitality like long black hair and yeah. white teeth and white teeth i think were a lot rarer at that time yeah that's like a sign of you're doing something yeah. right no dentistry back then no fluoride back then <laughs> no yeah, i so don't even know if they had toothpaste yeah that, that, oh that. It's a good question. It's a good question. <laughs> okay, so this this is the start of the spinoff podcast where we just research how products existed like 200 years yeah. ago. Just just the just the dental hygiene actually. Yeah, the dental hygiene cast. Floss. Who came up with it? Doctor Floss. Uh, that makes sense. Yeah. 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 You know, you just name things after people. That's those, true. Yeah, those guys. Like uh, Frankenstein's monster. Yeah, the, his, yeah, na- exactly. his name was Doctor Frankenstein's monster. <laughs> <laughs> so, so so she contrasts uh, the, like vitality with with death and that's kind of what makes the monster so horrifying okay so follow-up question here mm-hmm. is so it it sounds like aside from the scary skin and like the <gasps> muscle showing through like almost not like horrifying looking like the like the features are there and it's like okay mm-hmm. there are elements of like a healthy human being here yeah but um, but that, that's what the horrid contrast is what makes it more horrifying right like that right. juxtaposition yeah. it's, it's like the uncanny valley it's like it's the, the closeness of it to our, our own form right makes it more horrifying because it's not right right like we recognize it but it's twisted yeah. it's perverted yeah. it's, if it was it's just awful. like a beast with like a million eyes i mean that would be scary too <laughs> but like the fact that it's like it's almost human right is it makes it more of an affront to humanity so does yeah. the does the monster behave in the same way as like my mental image of how he how does he how, in your mental image how does it communicate? Uh, slow, big, strong grunts. Rrr, like, rrr, rrr, I, I don't even know if he speaks, stuff. actually. I think he just kind of grunts his way through. <laughs> being well, I, th- I think in terms of, like, the way it interacts with the world, yes. I think seeing how it first interacts when it's born of mm-hmm. sorts, like, would be an interesting place to start, yes. at least. Yes, okay, and, and that's a good point. Uh, 
so uh, this is all told through uh, Frankenstein's point of view, right? Which which you know it's part of like the unreliable na- narrator thing. So Frankenstein immediately after uh, finishing the monster, which basically ravages his body, destroys his mind because he becomes so uh, obsessed about this. It's all he can think about is this idea. He he kind of just has an p- epiphany to create life or to find out the meaning of life. The, some kind of, you know... Like ma- he just gets lost in it? Yes, He's got he, like a god complex. Yeah, exactly. Oh, okay. That's always good. That's a good way to put it. And and so he just gets fascinated by the concept of unraveling the mysteries of what l- life is and death. Mm-hmm. And so he, two years, like just loses himself to that. And he doesn't think about any of the consequences of this action. Hell yeah. Yeah. Nose to the ground. No. Yes, and the moment the moment he creates a monster, he doesn't even find it horrifying until it moves. Part part of the whole like what makes it in, like horrifying is it's animated death. Uh huh. It's right. just a corpse to him, and he, there's nothing horrifying until until it starts to move and speak. And he doesn't really um, uh, what's that word? He does, he doesn't really um, comprehend it speaking. Mm. He just oh. he just sees it. Uh, come to life and he just immediately abandons it wait so the in the book the monster in the book when he when he does come mm-hmm. to life is like actually already speaking uh you, you can't tell that's interesting oh, that, like, like i said it's okay. unreliable yeah, it's from, yeah. Yeah. from point of view. he just noticed it like the one of the description it's like it, it might have spoken it might have said things but i was too horrified by what it was like he just uh, absorbs it as like grunts and yells, and you don't yeah. know if that's if that's so he basically happened. freaks out. Correct, and right. and that 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 ends up contrasting with when we actually when later in the in the novel in the story he meets him and they have a confrontation, and the confrontation is like isn't really physical. It's 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 like a battle of words, and and he like implores him to he like tries to persuade him with like pathos and like I am any any like references like Paradise Lost and stuff and wait who who the, is? the, the monster the okay. monster confronts him later. And he's very intelligent and rational thinking, okay. which, which contrasts with the the brutish. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah. very different. So, yeah. like, the monster basically takes all of this time to like learn on Correct. his own. So, right. so okay. th- from between when he when when Victor abandons him mm-hmm. and when he sees him later, the monster uh, basically observes humanity and uh, kind of he experiences the rejection of that. Uh-huh. Right. And that kind of turns him towards a path, which is what the confrontation is about. Okay, gotcha. He 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 see, he 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 um he observes this, these cottagers, which become sort of his like uh his little viewpoint into humanity. Right. And there's a lot of like high high thinking like uh super ego shit where it, it, <laughs> Yeah, that's a good way to put. It. But like, but like he, they talk about um Plutarch and like all these heroes of Rome and stuff. And, oh, okay. And just like you know, heavy like enlightenment, like like the stuff that like Very intellectual, academic. yeah, academic. like some philosophical level. Yeah, shit. yeah. So he starts to philosophize, and that actually is what makes him feel more uh, lost and right. saddened. Oh, okay. It's 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 a, it's a it's a very conscious Adam reference, and they, they reference Adam and Eve a lot in the book. Okay. And he, he uh, if you know the story of Adam and Eve, they basically get ejected from the garden because they eat. The apple. Yeah, which they do the bad thing. The apple yeah, actually, knowledge. actually, the apple. What we consider the apple isn't really an apple. It's like the the fruit of knowledge of good and evil. So they okay. they learn the, the the thing that ejects them from paradise is this idea that they learned about morality. And Frankenstein learns about the the height of humanity. And that oh. that and he knows that he, or yeah, did I say the monster? Yeah. Yeah, the monster learn knows about that, and that that's what really makes him dejected because he knows that he's completely barred from it. He is immediately separated 
sure. from humanity. Like he goes from a point of like I'm just sort of I'm surviving. A beast. Yeah, yeah. I'm a beast. Now, I don't. I can't even comprehend. I'm just like blank. Yeah. Oh wow. Yeah. yeah his mind is empty. Yeah. That's like dark and also kind of really sad. Yeah, because yeah. I mean he's not experienced anything of the world. And kind of one of the fascinating things in Penny Dreadful, like at mm-hmm. the start of the show, like initially you meet Doctor Frankenstein and he's created this creature at the end of the first episode, uh-huh. and he kind of just like raises it up like the first moments with this creature are very tender and loving and they form this friendship which sort of contrasts like the original book because the original book sounds like he just like bails he's like ah this is scary i'm out yeah it's this fascinating thing where for the first two episodes you're watching frankenstein with this creature and it's like oh my god like they're friends like that's they genuinely like Mm -hmm. have this friendship together Uh and then at the end of the second episode um spoiler alert i guess (gasps) yes it is definitely a spoiler but uh these hands tear through the creature's chest and rip it in half and from out Mm -hmm. behind the creature comes the first creature Um, and so it sort of reveals itself that like oh actually dr frankenstein fucked up the first time and created this actual monster um and then the next episode is basically the monster like narrating his own version of events Um, and so he talks about his birth and his creation and the first moments of him coming to life are just this abject fear and terror and agony and dr frankenstein abandons him immediately oh my Um, god yeah no it's terrifying and the way they capture it is really a fascinating way to do it Yeah, and so, like, in the Universal version, like, there's this moment of, like, excitement for Dr. Frankenstein, uh-huh. but in this iteration, and in the book as well, uh, it's more of, like, Frankenstein is completely overwhelmed by the fact that he's finally created life, and the creature doesn't, like, do what he expects it to do, and he just drops it completely. He abandons the creature. Yes. Um, which that, That's cool that, like, that show, like, instead of it being, okay, like, I'm running away. I'm never dealing with this again. It's like th- this this doctor returns and he's like, yeah. cool, I fucked up. It went bad. But almost like, um, I mean, you see this a lot with like these kind of mad scientists. Yes. It's like this this dedication and devotion to their work. And it, it's like, oh, I- I'm just going to do it again. And I'm going to do it better this time. And yeah. it sounds like mm-hmm. he does until like the sins of the past come back. And it's yeah, like, exactly. oh, you can't just okay. run away from your mistakes. And, and then that, that, that that's a good, uh, I guess that's a good, jumping on point so it's hard to talk about the monster without talking about frankenstein himself sure the mm-hmm. mad scientist trope you said mad scientist yeah yeah you just sure. know that like you know almost like what just like pop culture knowledge uh, what's your impression of the uh, frankenstein himself yeah i mean i feel like because he, he is the the prototypical mad scientist right i mean i almost think of like doc brown and back to the future i mean he's mm-hmm. not evil but mm-hmm. he is a mad scientist like he's so insanely into this work of like you know right. marty we, we gotta you know do the shit um but it, so like for the mad scientist for me i i think a lot of it is wrapped in like they don't see what they're doing as evil Mm-hmm. It, it's more like I just need to push a scientific boundary, maybe if not for myself, then for like the world. Like there's an sure. altruism. Yeah, to yeah there, there's an idealism. Knowledge. Yeah, that's that's a good that's a good way to put it. So so you you see you see the mad scientist as a flawed thing. He's not at least, at least in your your impression of Frankenstein, he's not like like consciously immoral or amoral. No, I don't think it's like a it's like, a like a scientist who's like, "Oh, I'm going to create yeah. a plague to destroy humanity." It's more like I, I'm going to bring back dinosaurs. <laughs> yeah, right. And like, oh my god, if we want to shit, you know I'm always down to get into Jurassic Park, but even that, like Richard Hammond in Jurassic Park, he's not evil. It's like he's trying to do something, he's trying to prove something, but then it does all go south because I mean, 
Michael Crichton wrote it and everything mm. goes south and sure. all the stuff Michael Crichton writes. But, um, you know, that's almost like you're playing God and you're mm. not thinking of the consequences. I think that's like what a what a mad scientist, what that that archetype does. They, they play God. They don't mm -hmm. think about what happens afterwards and shit hits the fan. <laughs> yeah. And Frankenstein absolutely doesn't think about what happens next. That's like a big point of the book is that like yes. the moment he creates life, like everything changes in his mind. Right. And, and, and also that... Uh, is actually a big part also of the monster's um, plight, I guess, mm -hmm. is that it knows that it's con like it, it reads like Paradise Lost, so it knows about the whole Adam and Eve story. Mm -hmm. And what 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 makes it different from Adam in, in its uh, understanding is that Adam is supposed to be in in in, in the uh, in the creation uh, I don't know the myth story, yeah, uh, in the creation. Uh, God makes Adam out of his own image and, and right. his right. beloved, like basically given the whole world. Uh, and in this case, it knows it's rejected by it. Frank, in, mm. in, in the in the book, um, and I think you've mentioned this in Penny Dreadful, is that uh -huh. it, it it reads um, Frankenstein's notes. Yes. So, so oh. it, it it knows exactly what Frankenstein is thinking, and and he, and that like makes oh. it horrified. Like yeah, to to sucks. know that it's not even like your father as well as like your creator. This this thing that makes you just absolutely is horrified by, by your existence. That's so cool because when I think about like where science fiction has gone mm -hmm. in the 200 years since, I think about uh, games, especially like more space opera-y, uh, like high space sure. stuff. Like I think about Mass Effect or something like even like the Halo games where there's always this like, parent intangible mm -hmm. creator race that right, is yeah like know, a precursor yeah thing. long since dead mm -hmm. but they've left the galaxy with all of these miraculous yeah. technological marvels basically right. um but you know in, in some of these games they explore this idea of like okay this is basically uh, analogous to god yeah but once they do get face to face with like the remnant of you know this species it's more just like Oh, you were an experiment yeah. for us. Like that, yeah. was, that was a big thing for the Astarius when they found the proteins just basically like made them as as a right exactly yeah, Mass Effect. And yeah, this Mass is something effect. you see throughout science fiction where I think uh, one of the things that also has been explored, mm -hmm. like even in Blade Runner, like us oh, yeah. creating that, 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 that's a big yeah like parallel. us creating artificial intelligence and like this AI sort mm -hmm. of trying to find its way and mm -hmm. it is still interacting with the creator, but right. for us it's just sort of like. I can iterate on you. The whole, I can the make whole, you the whole thing of Roy Batty's plight is it just asks for life. It like implores his it's his, Roy Batty like expl, uh, implores his father to just help him out. Oh sure, and that, he's rejected and you know. Go. Yeah, and that's why that's why like that finale of uh, and now we're talking about Blade Runner, yes. but like why the finale of Blade Runner is so I think it. powerful. Yes, it's because you expect this gigantic fight between Harrison mm -hmm. for uh, Rick Deckard and uh, Roy Batty, mm -hmm. but instead of like this nutso fight on this rooftop. Roy Batty gives a monologue a that is basically monologue. yeah it, it tears in the rain it's fantastic yeah. but and instead of like getting into this ridiculous fight he dies and yeah. kind of lives out his existence he and, just he just tells him a story and then time to die yeah and yeah. It, it's really sad and I think like as a viewer you're waiting for this mm -hmm. big big moment and I think we see throughout science fiction the big moment coming is oftentimes so disappointing and yeah. i see that with frankenstein and the monster mm -hmm. it's like he he's searching for more meaning right. everywhere he turns to it's i am rejected from the world mm -hmm. i am i am not a piece of this and even to his own creator it's mm -hmm. like you cannot give me almost like the acceptance or the placement i seek in the world like okay. that is horrifying so, so that, that that's I'm so, I'm so glad we got into the whole idea of confronting your creator because mm -hmm. I, I briefly alluded to this earlier was uh Frankenstein 
or the monster uh, confronts Frankenstein and they have their conversation, which mm-hmm. is a big part of the movie. They meet on top of a mountain. And th- this is also another uh, part of the misconception, I guess, between the monster and uh, our popular image. The monster is not lumbering and oaf-like. Like, he, he, it literally bounds across a mountain to meet up with Frankenstein, the, the monster. It, it like like the Hulk. Yeah, it's it just like like so agile. Yeah, Hulk sounds like what yeah. I imagine when yeah, yeah. you describe it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like a bounding figure. Like he's on top of the mountain. I think Mont Blanc or or, or, or a mountain in, in the Alps, whatever. Okay. And in the Swiss Alps, and then and then um, the monster just bounds up to him. He sees him as a distant figure, and then he confronts him. You're like, oh shit! This thing just flew basically to 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 confront, you know, Frankenstein. Yeah, you're dealing. It sounds like you're dealing with something on like a very meta human yeah, yeah. level. Like, like is this is a physical confrontation, but no, they just go into like a cabin, and then he talks to him, and he oh, he shit. relays his story, like his own sadness, mm-hmm. and he, and basically at this point he is so persuasive and is he's so emotionally uh, convincing, and you you sort of even even Frankenstein, the creator, starts to feel sorrow and pity for him for mm-hmm. the monster, right? And at that point, this is when we get the big. Um, the big part of the story, the the love aspect that you're talking about. Oh shit! Right. So I was right on the love aspect. Yeah, because up to Partially, this point, yeah, yeah. <laughs> to, to, like you know, with an asterisk. Yeah, because like up to this point, Frankenstein, we really see as like a sympathetic figure that's yes. been treated so Correct. poorly. Yeah, mm-hmm. because you know, its mm-hmm. master creates it and then completely abandons it, and he's just the creature is lost out yes. in the woods. It has nowhere to go. It has mm-hmm. no home. It has mm-hmm. no friends, and so, so it's yeah, just exactly. So this is the point. This is, this is the point when the monster starts to exert its own agency, and it's a really tragic, like. This is when it gets it becomes a monster essentially. Right. Right. Because it, okay, that's interesting. Because mm-hmm. yeah, so far it like this thing has almost succeeded despite no assistance mm-hmm. from yeah. any place. Like it has taught itself. No, that's a big thing about language it. and it, it, philosophy. It's, it, it's 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 autodidactic. It teaches itself, and it it, right. it, it scavenges for food. Right. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. So like someone like Frankenstein mm-hmm. sees the creature as a monster, of course. Yes. But like internally, the monster isn't an actual monster yes. it hasn't done anything wrong other exactly. than come into this world he's only he's only a monster by our uh by our you know if we if we compare it to ourselves as, pe- as people right sure 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 you know it's its own sp- it's its own thing yeah that's a good point actually yeah and then also there's also part of the uh the the robot parallel i guess i'll, I'll call it that is is that uh the, the monster is physically superior it, mm-hmm. it needs to eat less and it's physically more powerful it doesn't need to rest as often. And so you're telling you're telling me the monster's got a rockin' bod. Yeah. Oh, it's just like fully abbed and shit. It's like I think it's so like a good. foot taller. Yeah. Damn. Which is part of like the the image in in, in the uh, the Universal films. He's like huge and you know. Yeah, but this guy sounds like like he works out like he yeah. knows how to do a crunch. Yeah. He's got that sick Venice Beach bod. Damn. Damn, Frankenstein's monster. I'm like picturing you fucking like, shredded. I'm picturing like Muscle Beach, and there's just like a monster <laughs> going. Is, is there like a slow mo like Top Gun scene? Where it, it has like, long flowing black hair. Yeah, no, that's luxurious. Yeah, like blowing in the wind. Yeah. Can like can I get a scene where he's like, like playing volleyball with the ridiculous music, mm-hmm. like the Top Gun scene? Like, can he be diving for a volleyball in slow motion next to Tom Cruise next and to Val Tom Kilmer? Cruise, and Tom Cruise is like three feet tall next to the monster. <laughs> The monster doesn't actually see Tom Cruise. Suck it, Tom! Yeah. No, but, but but it'll be in Tom Cruise's contract because he has that thing where he has to look tall. So the, like like he's like, it's like it's like a weird angle where he's like lumbering. He's like huge compared to the monster. The monster just like ducked in the corner just to, just to appear taller. Coming to you in a theater soon, uh, Top, Top Gun Two with the Frankenstein's monster uh, alongside Tom Cruise. Uh, Is that who Miles Teller plays in that one? Yeah, it's they're recasting it. Miles yeah. Teller, uh, yeah, they're pulling him. Oh, interesting. 
Keep going. <laughs> Where the fuck were we? This whole like Top Gun thing got me distracted. That's the point. Um, okay, so you're. By the way, I wasn't picturing Miles Teller as like uh, what whatever his name is. I was picturing Miles Teller as the monster. Oh God. <laughs> well, yeah, that's what I wanted. <laughs> okay. Um, no, so we were talking the confrontation. About... Yes, yes. yes, yes. Okay, the big thing, uh, the the thing where it starts its agency and it starts to go down this bad path. Know, at this just... point, at this point, there is a murder, and um, you, you don't really know who it is, but Victor is certain that it's a monster, and then we find out that due to its rejection and like basically being shot at for like doing nothing and actually trying to help people the mm-hmm. monster starts to embrace its its you know its identifier as a, as a demon as a monster yeah it becomes what people think it is correct yes and it sort of uh has has uh imposes on victor frankenstein this uh uh pack. like an ultimatum okay. yeah yes he 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 it wants to wants victor to create um a mate oh Mm. of course yes oh so maybe i was off with the love angle Mm -hmm. well this the seeking of love it's not it's not love in the sense that it's like what we think of love it's not actual love i don't like where this is going okay keep going because yep yeah so it's it it, it tells uh, if uh, victor frankenstein that he's he is going to decide to leave humanity take this creature at this point is just like it hasn't you know it's not even it's it's uh agency it's uh you know it's not part of the conversation it's decided for her that she will be you know with him in his in his like escape from humanity right oh god this sucks okay yeah because frankenstein's monster is actually an incel yeah he's extremely online oh god yeah 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 he's okay yeah so right now he's angry piss boy who's just like uh, everything's bad, and and mm-hmm. and I just want I just want the perfect girlfriend. The par- the parallels go except for one like key thing is that the monster at least is immutably rejected from humanity. The, the, like the incels make their own like separation, their isolation. Sure, like sure. like they're not like shot at perceived... for just being a monster. Right. Yeah, to perceive the grievance. Right. Right. Okay. Okay. Gotcha. So, oh Jesus Christ. Okay. So, Franken- but the, but the parallels are still like absolutely there. So Frankenstein's monster. He goes from the arc of of uh, sad boy because world hates him, mm-hmm. and you know tragic character. But then at some point he flips the script and is like, hang on, hang on, hang on. If you all think I'm the bad guy, I'm gonna be the bad guy. Mm-hmm. Commits some murders yes. and then like leans into his badness. Is like, dude, fuck it. Yeah. I want I want company. Yeah. Yeah, and so he come becomes much like Victor is, and that yes. like he's trying to bring this wor- life into this world that had mm-hmm. no say in whether yes. they wanted to come into this. World. Oh yeah, you're right. Like yeah. even though he's working, he's trying to work through Victor as a proxy, like mm-hmm. make me this thing. He's still the one who's ordering it to yes, be done. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. So he's become his creator. Yeah. In oh. in the sense that he does not have regard for that creatures that that becoming creatures like, uh, you know whatever oh, man. considerations this is like some heavy like like uh, daddy issue shit oh yeah and oh, now, for sure and now he's not a daddy but one, he's of, one of the issue. many themes of the st- of the story is daddy issues fuck me she wrote this shit when she was 18 18 yeah. like before plumbing yeah. <laughs> 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 that's not that's, that's part of our like our side podcast is we're gonna have to research plumbing yeah but at least Fuck! Oh my God, Mary Shelley was ahead of the curve on this one, wasn't yeah. she? And, and like, she was a woman. Yeah. Th- this conversation yep. is about 
a woman not being part of the conversation. Yeah. Yep. Whoa. Yeah. So so her mother, uh, Mary Wollstonecraft, where she got his name, was a very uh, pa- uh, important uh, early feminist. And she's asserting, nice. uh, asserting her own like voice into this conversation. So we're talking here about like th- the seminal science fiction story. Having like a like a feminist angle to it, being written by a woman. Oh fuck yeah! And and so and so we cut, we all we're all we're part of this like in, in this 1919 uh, 20, 18, 18. 2019. I forgot what year we're in. I thought we were nineteen nineteen. <laughs> Sorry about it's that. It's close. Guys. It's close. Uh, twenty nineteen. We ha- we're having this uh, rejection of women into our science fiction, which is frankly stupid. You know what I'm talking about? Like the yeah, yeah, the, yeah. Ner- the, the the nerds that we are, and and the, the subculture that we cr- we're our own Frankenstein's monster. Well, no, Frankenstein monster once, but but we're rejecting women from our interest, which was partly contributed to by women, largely, largely, yes, yeah, absolutely. yeah, because like that makes me think of all the angry people yes, who are so, like, like, oh, th- there's there's like a female lead in my Star Wars, yeah. not my Star Wars, and it's like, uh, you can go back to this text to and this, be like, yeah. oh, this is an element to this, yeah, right. Like, well, women, women were always part of science fiction. Yeah. Well, but I think that's also another interesting mm-hmm. thing about Frankenstein, the book in general, is that this is not something that comes across to the general populace. Like when he's talking yes. about when Anthony is talking about like what he knows about Frankenstein, mm-hmm. this right. isn't an element that anyone ever thinks of. of. They just think of it as like the creature is a mm-hmm. monster and the monster tries to kill yes. people. Uh, if you're Anthony, you remember that there's a romantic aspect, but you don't quite have right. the right grasp of what yeah. it is yeah and like that that within itself is super problematic because like, yeah. like through you, you, you the, the, the fan base becomes the monster like sure. the perversion and of like love. and like through just time and like as the story is retold like mm-hmm. that element which like was a sub layer but definitely like yeah. a piece of right. it is lost in the adaptation of like oh well right. we don't need this part for the movie we right. just need something big and scary but then yeah you get mm-hmm. you get 200 years after this thing was made after like the original frankenstein was published and released and it's like all I know about it is big Ophi dude right. and probably a love angle. Mm-hmm. Like uh, based off of those elements right now, you have just a bad sitcom with Kevin James or something like that. <laughs> L- right. But like you see where I'm going at this, right? Yeah, like, yeah. The monster who fell in love. Right. And Coming this summer. <laughs> Honey, I'm home. Oh, how was your date? <laughs> right. Like, fuck me. Okay. Um. Yeah. Yeah. That sucks. And, and so, and so this, this, female uh frankenstein's monster uh never actually materialized in the book and i'll explain that in a bit but but in in the bride of frankenstein movie which you referenced earlier yep yep yep. you get that iconic uh monster of she frankenstein's a monster yeah with with the the long the long marge simpson hair yeah and and all she does in the in the film actually is it 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 it, it does like contact to the book the rejection of it is that it, it it's still like a baby almost it, it's just created it doesn't really understand the world it's just right it has this like looking like curiosity where it's just like absorbing stimulus and it just doesn't sure. know what's happening and then she turns and sees the monster who was like waiting for it for her for her to come to life yeah have, he's eager as hell exactly. he's he, like, he wants yeah. to compare. oh this was made for me this was made for me god what a prick okay yeah like the Adam and Eve story, like you know, Eve was made from you know Adam's uh, rib or whatever, and that's part of like that whole thing. With problematic, but like the idea that women was were, were, the the woman was made for the creature. Yeah, that it's yeah. very much a second, like yes, an afterthought, exactly. in response to the, yeah. The, uh-huh. the 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 bride uh, immediately rejects him. She just screams, and that's the only dialogue she has. Is go ah. Like like freak out. Oh, like she gets scared seeing the monster at the, the sight of the monster. Yes, <laughs> and so at that point the monster like 
it feels sadness and like you know at the rejection of the one thing that it wanted in the world right and decides to just kill everybody and so the monster oh. kills everybody yes except except for uh victor and or uh, frankenstein and and his wife in, in this movie, Frankenstein's name is Henry. It's really stupid. Holy <laughs> shit. All right, so this angry boy just... <sighs> yeah. Mm-hmm. Not great. Not great. No, terrible. Um, But just like... I mean, obviously, like, that, The Bride of Frankenstein, like, that's a seminal movie. Like, people love that movie. But yeah, absolutely. That's also just, like, not something that has continued on necessarily, like, yeah. through so many of the adaptations of what Frankenstein is to, sure. like, pop culture. Like, you mm-hmm. don't have tons of movies about The Bride of Frankenstein, but you have tons of movies about Frankenstein. Yes. And Frankenstein missing the point of what Mary Shelley was actually exactly. writing yeah. about. Mm-hmm. about. About the lack of... Actually, interesting, I guess I guess we can talk about the the the, the, the Bride of Frankenstein not sort of flowing. There's no, there's no like, uh, lineage to it. Uh, right. In, in, interesting, interesting little tidbit that I caught was that um, Guillermo del Toro... Mm-hmm. Love that boy. Yeah. Uh, beautiful big guy. Big, 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 big boy. <laughs> Uh, he, he, Good director, he, man. He, yeah, he's amazing. And, and actually, the, 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 some of the themes are in um, what's it called? The Pacific Shape, Rim. <laughs> I was gonna say Shape of Water, but Pacific Rim as well. Uh, <laughs> it's it's sort of like the embracing of the the other creature that we made. Okay, but yeah. but he wanted to he wanted to make this uh, Frankenstein movie. Uh, okay. Uh, the script was done by Frank uh, Darabont. Yeah, Frank Darabont. Frank Darabont. Who did like six mile and a bu- uh, not six mile four. eight mile, <laughs> not eight mile. It's close. Green Mile. Green Mile. Oh wow, those are really different movies. <laughs> <Yeah>. Okay. <laughs> so he, he did Green and a bunch of like uh, Stephen King stuff, and he and he wrote this amazing script supposedly, and somebody else directed it, which was like a really shitty movie. Mm-hmm. It's like the, the eighty one maybe. Yeah, I think so. Eighty one. Oh Frank wow. So and, and 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 even Darabont in his own words said this was the best script. Or the worst movies ever seen for the best script he's ever wrote. Is, ah, is ever boy. So it was like like a like a very bad movie made from this really good. Uh, so so just like almost like the Hobbit, which would have been directed by uh, Guillermo del Toro. Right. You had this potential of this reimagining of this story, and what he said is he wanted to do basically like he wanted to synthesize the original book with the Bride of Frankenstein, bring those two together. Okay, so it was going to be like a paradigm shift in yes. the retelling, like almost, hey, hey, we're gonna we're gonna showcase an element of this that has exactly. been lost for so so yeah. long. Yeah. That Someone has been, that actually been, gets it. Yeah, somebody gets it, something that's been forgotten in the cultural osmosis of the story. Sick dude, and then they botched it. Yes, and Guillermo del Toro. I mean, he's still doing his good stuff. Yeah, he's he's doing okay. Yeah. yeah, he did Pacific Rim. Yeah, that movie with the big bots with the right. mo- with the Frankenstein's monster in it. Well, but just like looking at Frankenstein and the movies that have come from Frankenstein, mm-hmm. like if you just glance through like, I don't know, probably not Netflix, but something like Amazon or Hulu or whatever, like you can find like crazy <laughs> yeah. movies that have been made I by Frankenstein. Frankenstein. Well, right. I Frankenstein. I did think about watching that, but I couldn't find it for free <laughs> streaming anywhere. Um, but there's like crazy like 70s, 80s movies yeah. that have been developed like by or sort of around Frankenstein. Yeah. But like I wrote down a couple of them. There's a Frankenstein Island, which mixes <laughs> Amazonians and the creature's descendants. Uh, there's uh, this a movie. Is, this, this is crossover into the DC universe, right? Yes, it could be. Why oh, not? Jesus, fuck, you're right. Uh huh. But like the, I don't know, the creature. It, 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 when we were watching Wonder Woman, there was like another island next to it with with you know the mescala, yeah. and there was Frankenstein the mescala. Yeah, that that makes sense. Um, then I've got here Army of Frankenstein, which oh, mixes uh, Frankenstein with the Civil War. Oh, oh god! And then hey. not, I, hate, I hate that genre. So yeah, much. and then mic- not Army of Frankenstein's, but Frankenstein's army. Mixes World War with World War Two Russians. Those are just like a couple. What the it's heck? actually not a couple. It's three. 
uh, of these different like crazy Frankenstein uh-huh. spinoff movies that have mm-hmm. come into creation. But like, there's more of these. Like, people oh, sure. just see Frankenstein and they're like, "Oh, well, let's throw this crazy Frankenstein like universal yeah. icon." into whatever yeah. other crazy world I can think of. That's so wild to me because, I mean, at this point, like, Frankenstein isn't under, like, one parent company's jurisdiction. Like, it's, it's like, open source almost, yeah. right? Yeah, Frankenstein's like, open for anyone. Right, yeah. and and it it's just so... It's almost sad that you have this original book that is mm-hmm. operating on so many levels and is such a transcendent piece of science fiction, really. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's probably one of the big things that kicks off this genre. Yes. Um... And then over time, it's it's people that just probably like me uh, have forgotten the book or mm-hmm. just haven't even read it. Yeah, and it it's like all of that is lost. It, it's like a relic. And well, sure, but I mean, like even if like you you haven't necessarily read the book, but Frankenstein is like in so much of pop culture that yes. like the book is just one of the things that Frankenstein mm-hmm. is a part of. And like obviously, it's where it started. Mm-hmm. But if there's the book, and then you've also heard of like 15 other different adaptations of Frankenstein. Mm-hmm. Like those are going to overwhelm like what you might know about the book in seventh yes, grade. Sure. So like it's it's not like it's the audience's fault. It's the people that are creating all of these other things that just like totally dodge the point of what Frankenstein's about, and they keep telling you, oh, it's just about this right. scary monster, you know. Mm-hmm. And and I the, the, uh, while we're in the topic of movies, and we'll get back to the the story of the monster, I want to just touch on a couple things. Uh, sure. First of all, the the fifties Hammer films. Okay. Which um which is a big thing for us because we're all Star Wars boys, Star Ooh, Wars yeah. nerds. What's Star Wars? No, I'm not even going to make that fucking joke. Of course I know what Star Wars. We did Wars. our first episode yeah. about Star Wars. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. I, I got a thing about it. And the, the person who plays Frankenstein right. in the Hammer films, which is like... I the mean, scientist. The, the yes, doctor. Uh, is Peter Cushing. Yeah. Grand Moff Tarkin. Yeah. Wait, really? Yeah. He's CGI'd and everything. It's like you know, <laughs> they get they get old. They get old. Uh, they, get, they get old Wait, Peter Cushing and, and they, this they just, isn't a riff though. Like actual Peter yes, Cushing. Yes, Peter Cushing. It, it, when was the time period that these were made? This is in the fifties, I believe. This is a British uh, Hammer film. Oh my God, was this like young Peter Cushing? Yeah, very young. And well, also young, yeah. Christopher Lee. More Star Wars. More Star Wars. And Lord of the Ring. Lord of the Rings. Okay, great. Oh, this is so good. This will go right into the thing I want to talk about. The other thing that I really <laughs> wanted to touch on briefly okay. that I am not prepared to, I, i'm i'm underqualified to speak of but i do want to uh, bring this up so that get you can that, look baby. into it get sure. there there and, and also into the themes of like um themes that kind of get like passed over that without considering where sure. it is sure the original frankenstein was written by a man named james whale the original frankenstein movie the, the yes the, the universal carl lemley produced okay because i'm about i was about to take you to school i'm like i just sat through like 45 minutes <laughs> where someone told me it was written by mary wollstone yes craft shelley so the director of the book that's a movie, dude. Director. Yeah, okay. <laughs> uh, uh, the director was openly gay in the 30s. In the 30s. Whoa, really? Yes. James Whale was openly gay in the 30s. Okay. That's and like some shit that they excommunicated yes. you for. Right. Uh, the, 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 I mean, there's a large part that his, his career was basically destroyed afterwards by being openly gay. Sure, mm-hmm. sure. And and there is a lot of, um like, there's a lot of text um about, like, career analysis for Frankenstein in the movie. Mm-hmm. Uh, partly, I mean, obviously because he was openly gay, but... The, a lot of the lead actors, uh, Colin Clive, who played Frankenstein, was um, he was bisexual, but he was pro- I mean he might have been like closet gay or whatever. We can't really tell because you know we're far removed from the time. And sure. Though you know it was, it, you had to like hide anything. Sure. Yeah. Very complicated. Yes. And, and the one of the more iconic characters of Bride of Frankenstein, Doctor Pretorius, who is Frankenstein's mentor, uh-huh. is um, by direction of of James Whale played as an over the top like. Uh, 
like queen, you know, like like home, like older homosexual man, right? With like campy tendencies, he's like, Ooh, you know, he does a lot okay. of over the top things. And if you know anything about like queer coding, there mm-hmm. is a lot of um, a lot of that evil um, fey effete uh, villain character is is has has that um, you know queer coding. Yeah, like as an element to their yes. characterization. You know, like, like, uh, I'm trying to think of one like like him from Powerpuff Girls. He's like he's he's like the devil. Yeah, and and, yeah. and there's a lot of like gay coding in there. Yeah. Oh wow. And yeah. so and so like what what could have been like you know from the gay voice like tr- maybe trying to say something has become almost like forgotten about like why that is there and so now there's there's this whole like almost generation from that uh, movie that took that coding uh, for you know like immoral scientist or oh, evil you know what i mean right. okay so that there's like those behaviors yes. as yeah. as oh well you can't trust this person they're yeah. bad and i'd love to speak on this more but i'm not qualified either like i, I you know i, I don't know enough to fuck sure, yeah, or i'm like not super, from that standpoint super interesting but if you're interested in that please like look it up it's very interesting and oh. started this by talking about lord of the rings <laughs> yeah there, let's get there, there. there was a 1998 film called of gods and monsters okay uh about basically james whale's story where James Will was played by Ian McKellen, gay icon. Love that Ian man. McKellen played from Lord of the, the director. Yes, from Lord of the Rings. He's Gandalf. He's Gandalf. He's he's, he's Eric Lencher. He's yes. Magneto. Yes, and and he, it's it's a story about James Whale's like end of days and his tragedy and and that whole thing. I I, I would you know check it out. It's really cool. I think he did he win. Uh, yeah, it, it won like adapted screenplay. Oh, yeah. Frick. Okay, I have heard of this movie. Yeah. Um. Yeah. So I mean, it's it's not unknown. I mean, th- there's a whole movie about the whole uh, sure you know gay thing of Frankenstein, and there is text about the actual um, book, uh, you know, about like queer theory and stuff. But I I, I I'm not gonna speak on that because I don't really understand it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's above our pay grade. Yeah, but like yeah. look into that if you're interested. Yeah, absolutely. Oh um, my god! Wow, this is a lot. Yeah, no. Yeah. you have you have early feminists. You have queer you know uh, uh, theory in there. There's there's so much in this book that you know we just like. Associate with like uh, sci-fi nerds. Yeah, that's it, so wildly misunderstood. Yeah, yeah, it, it it is absolutely fascinating that like these are sub layers mm-hmm. that you know, and even I was saying before, like Mary Shelley had these elements to her book, like these these feminist ideas. Yes. It's very subversive. Sure, but like these ideas that were lost like over time, but then you still have these pockets of expression where it's mm-hmm. like, okay, maybe this is deeper than just yeah. like big dumb monster and a bad man making him. Yes. Yeah. Which is like mm-hmm. that to me is amazing that you can still re-explore what's essentially the same story. Yes. But when you have different creators and creators who are from, you know, just various mm-hmm. backgrounds. Uh, and, and I'm sure what makes it interesting that, that like attracts a lot of people like this is, is the isolation and separation that yeah. the monster feels. Yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. It's just, no, it, it's so cool seeing that like when people are allowed or given the room yes. to have like a more original take of Absolutely. the Frankenstein yeah. retelling or at least yeah. inject what's important not, not to them. just incels will like you know associate with the with the monster there, mm-hmm. there is this whole thing about it like this rejection of just being essentially yeah, yeah and I think that's also why Frankenstein's been successful for so long it's because those are universal mm-hmm. themes that anyone can relate to whether or not you're hitting like that deeper down stuff it's like it, monsters rejected everyone can relate to yes, that yeah. absolutely for sure at, at some point in their mm-hmm. lives which yeah, I mean that's why it's stuck around forever. Forever. Yeah, absolutely. And and so as we come to the end of this, we'll come to the end of Frankenstein's monster's story. Mm-hmm. Uh, as I alluded to, he compacts uh, with a he he has a contract with Victor to make the monster, and this is at the point where Victor basically has his 
he, he has a sense of morality back. He, he realizes the consequences of what he's doing. And for the first time, towards the end of it, he realizes that he's, he has made this decision without the female's, uh, you know, uh, what's that word? Like the second creation, yeah, yeah. You the, mean? The, the 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 bride? The, sure, the, yeah. It, like without her consent, or yeah, her consent yeah. at all. So, so she she he he's, he he realized that he resigned her to whatever the monster came up with. His this idea of escaping to South America, right? Okay, uh huh. Mm-hmm. Which I, I never got how he was going to escape to South America. You have to take a boat. He was going to jump over the mountains. Yeah, they're really strong. Yeah, they're going to jump over the Atlantic <laughs> Ocean. So what does he do? What does he do with that realization? What does Victor he, do at the end of it? tears apart the monster the the the, the new mon the the female right the okay. one he's creating yeah and at that point uh the monster at this point is basically like shadowing Fricter the whole time okay he like went to 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 britain i think he's in, like, like stalking him basically yeah, yeah. and the, the whole time the, the, the president the monster's presence is there and victor takes this moment to uh you know ha- have a conscious and tears apart the monster before it's formed and that really like basically destroys both of them Mm-hmm. Because the monster at that point realized, like he is, he, he, this is his final rejection. Right. His inability to receive a mate. Alone forever. Alone forever. He's forever alone, uh-huh. and he decides to make Victor forever alone, and basically kills almost everybody that he loves. Holy shit! So he yeah. doesn't actually kill Victor. No, he very consciously does not kill Victor because he and wants Victor to be in that same place. Exactly. He, he wants Victor to be in the same uh, aloneness that he is, and so we catch up with you know Robert Walton sees him in the Arctic. This is basically how far Frankenstein chased the monster into, the, you know, the North Pole, Siberia, basically. Uh-huh. This is, uh, the, the Robert Walton is trying to find uh, a path to uh, the North Pole, and he finds Victor there, just a dude, like, by yeah, himself like, in a ship. Yeah, uh-huh. He's, like, in a fully manned ship, and it's just one guy, by the sheer will of, basically, vengeance, has, has gone all the way to the Arctic. And oh, my God. Is that where the book ends? It's just, yes. like, him on this endless quest and to then, try and... and then... After he dies, he's basically like dying. And Victor's t- dying. Victor's sure. dying. Yeah. Telling him the story. This is the first time that we, the reader, uh, confront that monster in its, its own words. Not its own words relayed via Frankenstein to Robert. The monster talks to Robert. Right. Okay. And the the monster just starts crying, similar to the uh, I guess Blade Runner thing that you're talking about. Oh, we're wow. at the end of it. He just he just tears up and says like. I guess this is its own like epiphany of of its you know, he, the monster now is completely alone, even the thing that it like lived off of, which is like vengeance to this man is gone, so he decides to just the monster, alone, uh, his 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 creator dead, just goes off to the Arctic to die, time to die. Yeah. That's dark. Yeah, but yeah. Oh my god. Yeah, that doesn't end on a happy note, does it? Yeah. For that story, it shouldn't. <laughs> yeah. No, yeah. Everyone, like all the key players at the end there, have it coming they, They've to done them. a mortal sin at that point. Yeah. 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 Frankenstein is a big story. It's a big story. It captures a lot of yeah. ideas. Oh, my God. It, this makes me want to reread the book, especially now that I'm not in seventh grade. That I'm, uh, you I, might actually understand it. Yeah. You mean? Yeah, yeah. Like it might actually fire on some much deeper levels now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. Um, and I think even some of those movies, like the Universal movies, are worth exploring. Like, yes. yeah, you go into them knowing they're going to be campy and silly, but consciously campy. Now that I read the whole James Will thing, sure, sure. But 
even just seeing like where this story goes for my own eyes, like where it went through history and kind of the weird state it's in now where it's like people are trying to make like these edgy spinoffs, I Frankenstein and things like that. The the original story is so edgy on itself. You don't need to make an edgy Frankenstein. Yeah. Like like at that point you sort of lost the plot. Like you're just doing all these crazy things just so you can say, look what I did with this property. But Oh my God. Like I'd love to see something that is a close retelling of the book because shit, Mm -hmm. that book is Wild. I mean, we're probably going to get it at some point. Hopefully, it's good. it's done well. I mean, I don't see any, any, any part of the dark universe. Uh, Tom Cruise, yeah. Jesus Christ! Yeah. I think Angelina Jolie was attached to that at some point. But th- didn't that like fall because of how? Yeah, bad no. I mean, the dark universe doesn't exist yeah. anymore. Wasn't yeah. no. oh, that guy? Russell Crowe was. Uh, wasn't Kurtzman, Dr. Was, wasn't Kurtzman in, in charge of that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I fucking hate that guy. Wait, Alex Kurtzman? Yeah. He ruined Disco. <laughs> I don't want to get into this, <laughs> okay. but, but, but like he, he's doing he's doing the Picard Star Trek, yeah. and I'm so mad about it because he's he's the showrunner for Star Trek Discovery. And, yeah, and you guys don't know anything about me. I'm a big Star Trek nerd, and and it's just why. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like I feel like 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 Guillermo del Toro like like knowing that he never made the right Frankenstein. It's like right. this guy's ruining my <laughs> fucking Star Trek. <laughs> It's okay, Gio. We'll make it out of this. We'll make it out of this. Cool. All right. So big takeaways. Frankenstein. Good book. A lot of stuff. A lot of stuff. Bad boy. Bad boy. Sad boy first. Then bad boy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Then At, dead boy. Then alone boy. Well, then, I guess, yeah. Then frozen boy. I skipped a step. And then dead boy. Yeah. Oh, boy. Shit. All right. I think that does it for us mm-hmm. on that very, very almost grim note. Well, yeah, I think that <laughs> we we got to hear sure. Geo yell a little bit first about yeah, something yeah. unrelated, and, and I guess I guess to conclude this, you know, it's 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 a story that has colored a, like a lot of our fiction, our science fiction, mm-hmm. and fiction in general. Th- this you know overreaching. I mean, it, it's it's consciously co- sort of a, a throwback to uh, Greek mythology. The, the the book itself is called Frankenstein or the Modern Prometheus, right? right. Which that's a whole reference. Yeah, it's re- you know, there's a lot of reference in the book, and you know, don't have time to get into that, but it, it's. It colors a lot of our, our world in that way, and I, and I just challenge you guys to like take a look at what you know, wh- what has the the bearings of Frankenstein and the monster in it, both in fiction and in our own world. Yeah, like I know for me myself, and I'm sure like you all listening, you can find it places. Oh yeah, it's not sure. hard to find. <laughs> yeah, I mean we just touched on like four or five like yes. random things. Like you go from Blade Runner to Jurassic Park yes. to yeah. touching on even like Powerpuff Girls that yeah. you can connect to Frankenstein and God, like the lineage so of what it has been. Like it's just, it's yeah, he's everywhere. A scientist, that's true. Yeah. Jesus. Cool. All right. So that's gonna do it for us for. Mm-hmm you know this two-week periods episode of mm-hmm. the creature compendium i know it's like a bi-weekly is that the right term bi-weekly can mean two things and in this case it does mean one of those two things yes excellent then it is definitely bi-weekly it's, it's like when you get your paycheck like once every two weeks you're yeah get, you're getting this is your this is your other paycheck <laughs> your paycheck is free audio yeah. you can listen to <laughs> all right so uh that's a wrap on frankenstein mm-hmm. hawk hawk what do we have uh we have next time lined up uh next time <gasps> we're going to start announcing for you at the end what we're going to be doing in the Ooh. following episode and we're going to be covering ents because uh geo's already brought up how much he loves lord of the rings and yeah. we're going to be talking lord more of the rings. ents if talking you don't know trees. what an ent is it's the giant tree people tree from bear. the books and the movies is yeah. tree beard he's a absolute unit with leaves that he is and he pals around with our favorite hobbit boys the stoner boys nice that them Oh my god! Okay, yep. I'm excited to do that next week. For it's sure. ni- it's nice next for it's weeks. nice for us to do something different. It's good for us to branch out. <gasps> oh my god! 
Gio, I think you should leave. Because he's a tree. Leave. Leave right now. You did a tree joke. No, wait, but I did one too. All right, it, it's time for my tree joke. Um, uh, It's time for us to make like a tree and get the fuck out of here. All right, bye, everyone. <laughs> we didn't plug ourselves in there. Our to a new world gods and monsters. The Creature Compendium is produced by myself, Anthony Lopez. Principal research for the episode was completed by Gio Bayani and Hawkins Dubois. You can find us on Twitter at CompendiumCast. If you'd like to shoot us an email for ideas or feedback, please direct those to thecreaturecompendium at gmail.com. Our show is recorded in Los Angeles, California. California.